Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello, history friends. Welcome to part three of the Tommy Riken. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. ...interview. I hope you guys have been enjoying it, because I've certainly enjoyed bringing it to you guys. It's something I never thought would be possible, and it's something that... I know for a fact is going to be very well received. So in the last two episodes, we've been building towards this conclusion. Tommy Reichenthal went through an awful lot as a child, and he tried to put his life back together as best as he could. But at a certain point, of course, he must have decided to listen to those voices in the back of his head. He must have decided that he couldn't ignore what had happened to him any longer, and that as painful as it must have been, He had to talk about it. For over 50 years, he stayed silent. But now in this episode, we hear about what it was like to talk about 
his experiences and why he decided, why he had that watershed moment in his life, that epiphany that made him persuaded of the importance of talking, of talking when no one else seemed to be talking, and of talking about subjects and topics that weren't always necessarily popular but needed to be heard. Tommy talks a good bit here about his reasons for wanting to meet with his former SS guard at Belson, a woman called Hilda Lisevich, and how she led him then, in the midst of a new but eerily familiar European crisis, to begin filming a new documentary. So first, when trying to get in contact with Hilda, he was filming Close to Evil, which essentially talked about his efforts to get closer and to eventually talk with her. And now, in the more recent documentary, which myself and my wife actually watched on Valentine's Day, will you believe, Condemned to Remember, Tommy Reichenthal examined the current course of events in Europe and around the world, and asked if the rise of hateful language, of extremist opinions, and of ignorant, classless behaviour is a signal of things to come. Tommy was then good enough to answer some of the questions I had for him. In particular, you guys might be interested to know the answer he had to a specific situation in Poland. I couldn't, and I can't, stay quiet about what the Poles have done lately, and how disgusting I think it is. So, I thought it was only right to ask Tommy what he thinks about a law that was passed in Poland in the last few months, which makes it illegal for anyone to say that the Poles had any role to play in the Holocaust. When, of course, there's ample and unfortunately ample and tragic testimony to the fact that the Poles' victims, though they were in the Second World War, did have a role to play in the Holocaust, just as did every other occupied country. So I hope you guys enjoy it. This is the final part of my interview with Tommy Reichenthal, and I don't really know what else to say except enjoy. A huge thanks to you guys for listening to this and engaging with this as you have already. I I knew that you would, but it's been great, and I've really enjoyed passing on some of the messages you guys have had for Tommy Reichenthal and hearing his responses. Tommy's story is essential, and the service he did for us is obviously immense. So if you haven't already, please do spread the word and share what you've heard here. Tell people that there is a podcast that holds a Holocaust survivor's voice, and that his voice deserves to be heard, and not just heard, but also properly listened to. If you guys would like to talk more about this, by all means do send me a line, and I'll be happy to. One more time, wdfpodcast at hotmail.com is where you can email me if you would like to pass any message on to Tommy Reichenthal, whatever that might be. Don't be discouraged or worried. He's a very approachable guy, he's a very friendly guy, and he's a very generous guy. All of these things I learned while talking to him in his house and having tea with him shortly afterwards. So guys, this is it, the last episode of the interview. The next voices you hear will be mine and Tommy's. From this at the time, the Holocaust Education Trust heard about it person that organizes uh, brings me up and she said I, I'm here you're a survivor and think I would like to speak to you mm. she came here mm. and we talked and uh, then she asked me if I will appear on the um, 
Holocaust commemoration, which we do every Jan- January. And I said I couldn't speak. I, I, it's still too fresh. Imagine yeah. after 70 years. I will bro- break down. I, I'm yeah. not able to do it. But my son can. I will write the thing and my son can read it. So she said, just come there and light the candles. Mm. So my son did the presentation. It lasts about five minutes. And talk about me. Yeah. Mm. But that was the moment that suddenly I realized that I'm one of the last witnesses to this horrific crime mm. that was committed. And I have to speak about it mm. because... Anybody younger than me couldn't remember. Yeah. I, I was nine years old. I was, if somebody was there at seven, they wouldn't remember anything. Mm. Anybody older than me, it's passing away. Yeah. So I am still one of the last witnesses, and today I'm saying it still. And therefore I should speak. Not only that, but uh, I owe it to the victims mm. that the memory is not forgotten. Yeah. I, I lost. 35 members of my family I want to keep this memory alive yeah and I started uh, eventually I went to gave a lecture I really forced myself you know mm. it was very painful for me at the time I remember many times I broke down and it it was because when you're speaking about it, you're real living. Yeah, of course. Your, your past. Yeah. And sometimes it becomes so vivid yeah. that you're suddenly in a position that you think <laughs> it's, it's really true. Yeah. Then you break down. Mm-hmm. I went over this thing and it just became something that um, I started to do. I did two lectures every week. I couldn't go to holidays or anything, only when the school was... The bookings were coming in uh, till till two years ago. I I got very sick. At the time, I had booking two years in advance. Imagine in 2016, I had booking for 2018, for this year. Amazing, amazing. I, I had... I couldn't... I only could go on holiday when the school was on holiday because otherwise <laughs> I had to cancel the thing people were expecting. Me. Yeah. While I was doing it all this, I got many accolades. Uh, one of the biggest ones was uh, I got an order of merit yeah. from the German president Joachim Gauck, which mm. was a great honour. Uh, I remember at the time when the ambassador rang me that the president decided to give me this honor. I didn't even know what it was. <laughs> and he said, um, he said, um, will you accept it? Because, you know, yeah. some people said, I don't need you. you yeah, you know. of course. But for me, it was a great honor because I was getting it for something that the German recognized. What yeah. I'm doing I'm talking about what they did, yeah. you know, but they recognize us as something that shouldn't be forgotten. Yeah. This, this did happen, and therefore I, I respected it, and I said, uh, of course I will receive it. Then I got the Person of the Year Award, the International Person of the Year, from the Irish people, which was a great honor as well. Yeah. 
many accolades there from the uh, uh, ambassadors um, here in Ireland. Crystal thing. Amazing, you know. yeah. Got a, a desk full of them. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. That, that people are yeah, talking. And of course, uh, I was on all the uh, channels, mm. you know, and all the programs. Yeah. Uh, late, late show. Yeah. And all these mm. people were interviewed by all the uh, different interviewers. Uh, and But I'm also very proud of that. Um, I, I have three honorary doctorates, oh, wow. one for um, Manutu University, yeah. uh, lit, uh, honorary doctorate from literature. Wow. Uh, from Trinity College, I got the honorary doctor of law. Yeah. And uh, from Dublin City University, I got uh, honorary doctor of philosophy. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, going to call you doctor, I can tell. Then. Well, you could, <laughs> yeah. yeah, because some countries, as honorary doctor, they don't allow you to put doctor. It's a different sign. Mm. But apparently here in Ireland, <laughs> I can use the title doctor, and when I get any post from yeah. Minute or... I always get the thing, Dr. Thomas Reichert. <laughs> and I have the thing actually... Upstairs, <laughs> Dr. Truman Rakhita. Yeah. Well, I have my visiting cards. I mm. don't put doctor there. But when I will need to print them again, yeah, they always say, what you ashamed of it that you have a doctor, <laughs> you know. And I said, I'm not that I'm ashamed of it, but I, I feel it demeans the real doctors. <laughs> and sometimes when I speaking in colleges and mm. people are going to go to higher education I said if you're going to make a doctorate yeah. do it the way I did <laughs> I didn't need to go through all the yeah. thing. that's think, the way to do it yeah. you definitely so, uh, it. Uh, today as I said I didn't speak about my experiences for 55 years mm. today they can't stop me yeah. speaking about it <laughs> I, I don't know if you have enough some question I think. sure yeah, yeah yeah well just just a few I mean just I yeah. think that the obvious one really is does it ever get any easier like d did speaking about it help you come to terms with it well it's it, I can't say it because in fact when I go to speak about it you know there is two way that you speak about it first mm -hmm. way you speak to other people mm -hmm. So in other words, you friend and you, so you know, I was a Holocaust survivor. And, mm. and then it's the way that I'm speaking, yeah. which you speak to public. Mm. So from the beginning, mm. it was very, very difficult. Yeah. Uh, you know, I would have 300, 400 students formed to me. And suddenly my face is full with tears. Yeah. Very embarrassing. Yeah. You know. Today... It's still happening sometimes, mm. but today I would take. They know that I'm in trouble because yeah. I, I have water on the table and I, I have to mm. drink a little water, or you know, yeah. to hide it. Of course. It's, and people, when when I say hide, they said, "Why should you hide it?" Yeah. 
you're telling the truth. Exactly. This is, yeah. uh, it's, you're not uh, embarrassed because of somebody else. We don't see it that way. Yeah. We only see it, not only this. Sometimes when I, especially in the girls' schools when I speak, mm. you speak about the horror yourself you mm. you I see it on your face when I spoke you yeah. you get in some of the girls they burst uh, in tears you know and I'm speaking <laughs> and I see it and it and then triggers it makes it. you yeah, yeah of course it. so but today I must say one thing that the holocaust there must have been some harm did to me but I really don't have any nightmare or anything like okay. this. I, I really tackle the problem mm. very well and I go by motto mm. that I always talk about is make peace with the past mm-hmm. so it doesn't spoil your present. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that, that, that's the thing. I made peace with my past. Yeah. And I know that you're going to ask me about the film that yeah. I wanted to meet mm-hmm. SS Guard. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things, con- uh, it's the close to evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, the name is, of course, because I was close to evil. Yeah. I wanted to meet this uh, SS woman. Uh, she was accused of killing two people. Mm-hmm. She stood trial. She got one year mm-hmm. prison term, which was the uh, lightest prison term that... Um, uh, the, some of the guards in Belgium, Belgium uh, got, I mean, there were 12 people that were executed and then uh, from 20 years up to mm. uh, one year, several were sentenced and there were, some of them were acquitted actually. And this was the first trial after the war in Lunenburg where 42 guards or people responsible in Bel- Bel- Belgium, Belgium were tried mm. and um, I discovered that uh, this woman lives in Hanover. I researched her and everything and eventually I got in touch with her and I was in correspondence with her daughter and they were prepared to meet me and uh, wow. at the time I sort of rang to, to my producer. Yeah. And uh, I said to him, you know, I, I'm going to meet a SS woman <laughs> uh, that was in Belgium, Belgium at the same time. Mm. She was one of my jailers at the same time that I was there. Wow. And when he heard that, he said, what? <laughs> you going to meet a thing? Well, if you're going to meet one of the things, I want to be there with a camera. Yeah. And that's how that film wow. came about. Wow. Of course, up to the last moment, she was prepared to meet me. But when it's come to the crunch, mm. she declined. Mm. And for the simple reason, because she gave uh, interviews to Belgian Belgian archive. She gave interviews to historians. She gave mm. an interview to, uh, to students. But all these people were listening to her. Yeah. She could tell them what she... Yeah. You know, she she was still a denier. She was telling a lot of lies and everything. Yeah. But suddenly, when it's come to it that she had to meet me, yeah. she can't tell me anything. Mm. Uh, because I was there. Yeah. 
so she she wouldn't speak to me that whole the whole fact that 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 you meant that you went to her like did that did that take a lot of courage on your own part even facing up to that many people ask me they said what would you have asked her yeah why would you have spoken to her yeah the whole thing that i wanted mm. i didn't want to speak about belgian bells and about all this the whole idea was what i wanted was some kind of acknowledgement mm. from her that she was interviewed by various people as i mentioned and to the archive in none of them she ever showed any regret right or she said i'm sorry that it happened or yeah. i'm i'm it was terrible what happened at the time yeah it was a mistake in none of them what i thought and i brought to her this mm. i i specifically said i won't speak about the past i won't after all these years surely mm. you know this was wrong yeah you know she's still alive yeah she's 95 or 96 year old i wanted to hear it from her because yeah. she said to me to me you know it was a mistake mm. i didn't even want her to apologize for herself yeah. i wrote i don't want you to apologize to me mm-hmm. but apologize in a general term mm. i'm sorry what happened or something yeah. like that that's what i wanted yeah. so it wasn't that i wanted to have an interview with her or anything mm. and if she would have done it mm. i would have shaken hands yeah her. it wasn't that i would have forgiven her yeah. i can't forgive her mm. but i would have made some kind of a reconciliation between the perpetrator mm. and the victims she's one of the last perpetrator yeah i'm one of the last victims mm-hmm. and we did some kind of a reconciliation we recognize mm-hmm. because what in my opinion she was a victim of her time mm-hmm. she was brainwashed mm-hmm. she was taught everything she was doing was the right thing yeah and i put myself sometime in the shoes if i was born wow not where i was born if i was born in german yeah. to a german family who knows what i would have done yeah she's a victim as well mm. that's that's my thought some that's, people can't understand it's this. amazing and you didn't see the first film the the I, till the 10 generation no i didn't see that well that was my autobiography oh, okay. and we filming with my brother and with my team. they say what the hell you want to meet this yeah. she's a murderer yeah they can't understand it Mm. that what i was prepared to do mm. you know mm. it's on the film yeah. you know they they said what you want to tell this and she she is yeah. she's a holocaust denier yeah you know? it, it, she's a victim as well yeah she came from a village a peasant girl mm. suddenly she became a ses woman yeah here she is the leather strap yeah she's beating people she's giving order she was in the hitler jugend yeah. as a as a girl yeah well it's not hitler jugend it was the girls League movement like german maidens kind of yeah so already they started from there to 
brainwash. Brainwash. Yeah. By the time she was a, a woman, I mean, she was only 23, 24 year old when mm. she had this position. Yeah. She can't make judgment. Yeah. She was a victim of something terrible. Yeah. But she thought she's doing the right thing. Mm. But I would have thought after 70 years, yeah. she would. Realize it was wrong. Yeah, yeah, it was wrong. Yeah, but still today she's the same person. Yeah, that she was then. Yeah, that's what really hurts. Yeah, you know? I just, I just think it's just so inspirational how after everything you've been through, you're still trying to see things from her side, like so many other people would just not even want anything to do with her, and they wouldn't want to to think about what she went through or anything. Amazing, Tommy. Amazing. I mean, I'm just. I want to ask as well about because you did a you did another documentary recently called "Condemned to Remember," and it was in many ways more current because you looked at you looked at like the rise of the far right in different countries, and you also looked at more recent like events like uh, massacres in in Bosnia, for example. Um, very touching and a very an excellent documentary. My wife and myself were crying at several points in it. It's very very good. But um, I just wanted to ask, like, seeing the rise of the far right in your home in Slovakia, seeing Slovakia for Slovaks, like, and and that man who was uh, who was the governor, I think of of that village you were from, or or you you he was of Banska Kotliba. Mm. Yeah, he. This party is, uh, they live by the ideology of Joseph Tiso. Mm. He admires Joseph yeah. Tiso. So the idol- ideology is the same. And we must remember mm. that the Holocaust did not start with Garschenberg. Mm. Holocaust started with Whisper, yeah. with Tank, abuse. Mm. The murder was the last stage. Yeah. After the war, we said never again, mm-hmm. and that's what we thought: never yeah, again. Yeah. And while we were on this mission, in fact, when we started uh, condemned to remember, we started with actually the last uh, uh, chapter of Hilda Lisievich. Yeah. She is still a suspect, mm-hmm. and. Uh, she might stand trial. She mm. might be, maybe she might be by accident because mm. I, my aim was not to get her into trouble. Mm. I, quite the opposite. I wanted to, something good coming yeah, out of it. sure. But it was a German person mm-hmm. that when he saw the film that he, he brought a prosecution against her. Wow. Because we discovered that not only what she did in Belgian Belgium, she participated also in a death march. Right. And according to the German law today, mm. if you participate in something mm-hmm. that crime was committed mm. there, you are a participant yeah. in the crime. Mm-hmm. Therefore, you can be uh, trial on that. You can't trial her on the same uh, think that she was prosecuted mm. for murdering two people. Sure. But if you can prove that she was at a death march mm-hmm. and people were shot 
or, mm. or harm, yeah. you are a participant in the crime. So mm. you don't need a witness to say, I saw you doing yeah, it. But yeah. the fact that you were there yeah. when this was happening, you are uh, guilty. Yeah. This prosecution was dropped and we went there uh, and then it was revived. But we went there in this um, last documentary, Condemned to Remember, uh, to see mm. why they dropped the persecution. Right. While we were doing this film, all these things uh, suddenly happened in Europe with the refugees, mm. what was happening. And I, I said to my producer, I said, Jerry, you know, this reminds me of late 1939, yeah. when Jews were trying to escape Nazi Germany, and nobody wanted mm. These people are being persecuted, mm. murdered, raped, and they're trying to find a sanctuary somewhere. Mm. Mm. They're coming to Europe. And again, mm. the Europe, the Europe that said never again, yeah. refusing them entry. Mm -hmm. Where should they go to commit suicide? I yeah. mean, they're not coming because they want better life. They're coming because they want to save their life. Mm. They want to live a, 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 like a human being. Yeah. And he said, yeah, let's, let's follow it. Yeah. And we uh, did this uh, thing. And uh, the, we did the film Condemned to Remember. Because I'm condemned to remember... Mm what is happening, and I, I seen it here in Ireland in 1939, the Irish wouldn't take any Jews, yeah. you know. So, tragedy that uh, they could have saved yeah. a lot of people, and it wouldn't have been just good for the uh, Jews, but it would have been good for Ireland, because the Jewish people are very enterprising, yeah, yeah. and they, would, they were prepared to bring here factories yeah. and employ Irish people and everything. But unfortunately, it didn't happen. So well, then I was participating in some debates about the thing. And we started to film the, the film Condemned to Remember. I then asked Tommy Reichenthal of his thought process for including one of the victims of the Srebrenica massacre in Serbia in July 1995, where 8,000 Muslim Bosniaks, mainly men and boys, in and around the town of that same name, were killed during the Bosnian War. And he had the following to say. Srebrenica is very real proof that things can happen again. Yeah. Srebrenica happened in Central Europe, mm. not in 1945. Yeah. In 1995, mm. in civilized society. Yeah. A genocide. This was a genocide because they, any man or boy they caught, they killed. Yeah. Uh, they wanted to uh, kill the Muslims, you know, to stop having children and all that thing. And it, it happened, and that's why it was important to bring this particular mm. uh, part. But of course I brought the part of Slovakia, which was very important that yeah. uh, this uh, Slovakia for Slovak uh, the slogans yeah. is the same that they were shouting in the 40s yeah it is a dangerous problem 
Maybe in the stage, stage where I'm talking about uh, the Holocaust didn't start with Gaussian, but mm. it start whisper. Maybe this is the whisper. Mm. We have to stop it now. Yeah. Because if we don't stop it now, and we don't do anything about it, like at the time, nobody said it was wrong what they were doing to the Jews, and look what tragedy happened. Yeah. The education is yeah. so important. So important, yeah. So that's why when I go to university or to schools or colleges and I speak about the past, it's it's not only that they know about the past, mm. but that they know about the danger. Yeah. That if democracy mm. collapses, mm -hmm. what takes over can be very, very dangerous. Yeah. You don't know what they can do. And we have to educate the young people to realize this. When they see bullying in the school for somebody that it's a foreign or different religion or different color skin, mm. they shouldn't become bystanders. Yeah. They should get involved mm. and say, this is wrong. Yeah. Because if you don't say it's wrong, it's, it's, it's always the extreme minority mm. that influence yeah. the majority or with persuasion or <laughs> most of the time with fear yeah. like the, the Nazis did in Germany in the 30s that it was a very small minority mm. that brought this catastrophe on whole Europe intelligent people mm. with uh, Uh, degrees, mm. uh, being doctors, lawyers, and and and, uh, and people in the in the intelligentsia of Germany, mm. uh, from professional people, they made murders, yeah, which is which is hard to believe. I know, I know. Yeah, I want to ask you just. One more question. You've been so good giving us all this information, but I just wanted to ask your your film con condemned to remember. It ended on a very kind of worrying note, and most most of my listeners would be aware of this. That in recently in Poland they passed a law, and you're already shit. You're already nodding, so I know you know what I mean. Um, where they made it illegal in Poland to say that the Poles had anything to do with the Holocaust. How, I just wanted to ask. And I'm sure I can predict your thoughts on it, but I just wanted to know your opinion on it. Well, that that's worrying also, very worrying, yeah. because what they're actually doing, they're denying the Holocaust. Mm. I was in um, Jevatme, mm. and what happened there? Mm. This this was done by the local, local population. Yeah. And uh, not only that I know it from... Um, Uh, from the books or the article that I read about it. Mm. But when we were filming, mm. it was a very interesting. We come to Jevapme mm. with the fear yeah. that we might get into trouble yeah. with the local population. So we had a whole plan how to escape. <laughs> Because don't forget when, when you're filming, you have a lot of equipment yeah. on the side. Sure. And preparation and if a mob comes at you mm. you don't want to leave this equipment it's yeah. very expensive yeah. so we had a plan how we go about it but in Jevapne when we were there when we were filming 
and this 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 was very interesting. There were a couple of men looking from a pub yeah. at us. We were setting up and we, we were trying not to watch. And suddenly one of the people walked over to us and he speaks Polish. Yeah? Mm. I speak Slovak. Yeah. So Polish and Slovak is quite um, mm. similar. So if you speak slowly, yeah. you can understand. This fellow had a little alcohol. On him, <laughs> you know, he was sort of... I had a mic on me, yeah. you know. He said, uh, are you Jewish? And I said, no, this, this is a thing, but I'm Jewish. Yeah. And he said, uh, you know what happened here? He said, what? What did happen here? He said, you know, the local people slaughtered Jews in this square. Wow. So I have the proof <laughs> yeah. that actually a drunkard, drunk yeah. and a and couple of other things we, we were talking. Sure. Now, I have a microphone on yeah. and everything is recorded. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, anyway, after he left and everything, and I said, Jerry, yeah. to my producer, you know what I spoke with this fellow. I have it all recorded. <laughs> it's all on the tape. Yeah. But we can't put it in the film. Mm, mm. Because you have to have a consent. You would have to give him a form. Yeah. With his name and everything. He has to sign it and mm. say, yeah, I agree that it's public. Yeah. You know? Now, if law. you do it with, without the permission, he finds out. Yeah. It can cost you a lot of money. Yeah. So, so not only I have it from <laughs> literature, yeah. what have happened in Javadme, mm. there actually people in Javadme live, the Jewish people lived there from the 16th century. Mm. They lived there, their neighbors were the best friends. And mm. one day, with a little incitement, I think it was, with the priest was involved, they suddenly uh, gathered all the Jews into the square. Not only they killed them, they slaughtered them. They cut them to pieces. God. I mean, when I was there, I, I, I was crying all the time. Yeah. This is now mm. in the law that uh, the first prosecution mm. was made in Poland mm. against an Argentine newspaper oh. that they reported of, on Javadme. Oh, really? Wow. So in other words, they are guilty accusing the local people, yeah. which is a lie. Yeah. These were not local people. These were German dressed in a yeah. civilized, uh, in a Polish civil clothing. Yeah. So in other words, they, they're trying to deny mm. the Holocaust. What I'm afraid now, that country like Slovakia mm. can do it very easily as well, mm -hmm. because Slovakia all the time is... I, I interviewed the Slo vice president yeah. of Slovakia, Chaplovic, mm. and he denied... Not that he denied, I... I had four questions to him, mm. and uh, I sent it in advance. And when I interviewed him, it was in Slovak. After the interview, I mean, we went to the palace there, and yeah. beautiful photography, you know, Austro-Hungarian <laughs> mm. architecture and everything. Yeah. We wanted to show it. 
And uh, after I interviewed him, it took about uh, 15 minutes, but we actually wanted to put only about a minute in the film because, mm. you know, you sure. film 30 hours and you make a film of yeah. one hour, you know. The, the producer asked me, well, what did he say? I said to him, Jerry, tell the truth. I don't know what he said. He was talking and talking. I don't know a word because he was... I sent him the question, so yeah. he had the question in Slovak and everything. But he, he, he talked politics. Yes. And the politics yeah. is that Slovakia denies any wrongdoing. Right. And that's their thing. But Slovakia was not occupied by Germany. Yeah. Everything that happened in Slovakia was done by the Slovaks. Mm. So now, they can be the second yeah. country that would, would bring up a law like this and say, don't involve us. We didn't, they gassed the Jews, they killed them. But the Slovaks arrested them. Mm. paid the German to take them away yeah. and not only that they paid them in the contract they wrote we will pay the 500 mark for mm. every Jew but none of them should come back yeah no, wow. no, they, they, they're slaughtering they, they're killing them so they can that's another country then you have hunger yeah I mean <sighs> 600,000 of yeah. Hungarian perished in the Holocaust the German didn't know them, where yeah. they live. It was the Hungarian, the Nilas, the, mm. the Hungarian police that uh, arrested the Jews. They will want a law like it. So in other words, at the moment, it means nothing because we, it will only bring more accusation mm. what they did and deliberately. But in 20, 30 years' time, mm. where all the perpetrators are gone, all the victims are gone. Mm. They will be learning. The yeah. Holocaust was done by Germany and everybody was against this. Mm. The history will be changed. Yeah. yeah. That's what is mm. very dangerous. Now there was something that happened in a civilized society can happen again. Yeah. And therefore, if we don't teach yeah. the people, the, the, if, the, if the student in Poland will learn that Poland was brilliant like today, we are mm. good people and we never did any wrong. Mm. Everything that happened in Poland was done by the German. What did they learn? Yeah. You know, yeah. So. Wow. Well, that's why it's so good that we have well people like yourself and records like this and documentaries and everything else. It's essential that things like this and that you keep talking. So I think the last thing I'd like to say is, please tell me where I can tell, never stop talking. And thank you so much for joining us. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thanks. And that's it. That is the end of this interview. That is the end of what I've been so excited to bring to you guys. But, of course, it's not the end at the same time. Just like Tommy Reichenthal's story did not end in 1945, this episode does not really end right here. It ends as soon as we forget what Tommy Reichenthal has talked about. So as soon as you guys stop listening to this episode, you make sure that you tell somebody about this. 
make sure that you tell somebody that the truth is out there. And next time David Irving or any other idiot decides to tell you the truth about the Holocaust, direct them towards someone who was actually there and who can actually tell them factually what happened. My name is Zach Twomley. This has been the Tommy Tell interview. You are a wonderful history friend or perhaps a patron. And I'm so, so thankful that you've joined me for this experience. And it has been an incredible experience for sure. Alrighty, guys. The last note, if you guys would like to send me anything to let Tommy Ragantel know what you thought, by all means do. WDFpodcast at hotmail.com is the place to send your queries, comments, questions, or anything else to Tommy Ragantel. And who knows, perhaps he'll be on the show again sometime soon. But until then, from myself and from Tommy Ragantel, a huge thanks, and I'll be seeing you all soon. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.